today on the Tearsheet Podcast. If I have my virtual reality headset on, right, I'm not going to pull out a credit card and try to swipe it right on the side of the headset or something along those lines, right? So like, what does, what are the, what are the characteristics of if I wanted to transact? Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller, Tearsheet's Editor-in-Chief. I find it fascinating to hear how some of the largest FIs handle emerging technologies. Fidelity, for example, has the Fidelity Center for Applied Technology, where it tests and assesses new tech, like the metaverse and blockchain. It's almost like Fidelity's Skunk Works R&D arm. Today on our program, I have Adam Schwella, the head of emerging technology at the center. Our discussion spans different technologies, emerging use cases, and shed some light on how Fidelity thinks about its priorities and customers out into the future. We talk about the experiments Adam and company have done around blockchain technology, around the metaverse, and where it sees opportunities, and just as importantly, where it doesn't see opportunities. Adam Schwella is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Hi, my name is um, Adam Schwella. I'm head of emerging technology at Fidelity Center for Applied Technology. Um, so it's basically the almost like the R&D side for uh, the R&D group. Yeah, the Skunk Works for uh -huh. uh, Fidelity Investments. And, and um, really what we like to focus in on are um, looking out into the future a little bit to try to understand what are the different technologies that have the potential to impact both our customers as well as our associates um, and, and how they interact with us and, and other, um, you know, institutions and, and things like that. And does that across, does the, does the center um, cut across Fidelity's different businesses, whether your retail business or the institutional business? Absolutely. And, and it's, it was designed that way, right. In, in such a way that, um, you know, if we're, if we're doing an experiment where we find learnings about one particular thing, um, it's not just solely uh, for our retail clients or something along those lines okay. that might benefit from something along those lines. The idea is that as we find these different things, as we get different learnings, um, we're able to share it across lots of different uh, business units. So, for example, if we were within a business unit, right, and, and the business units are all doing these types of things as well, right, that Fidelity is a very innovative company, right, as, as a whole. But our whole main job is to is to do these types of activities. And if we were dedicated to one of these different business units, then if it didn't fit with that business unit, then it would stop, right? But in our particular situation, if it doesn't fit with one particular business unit, there's other areas where, it, where we're able to go and shop some of these different ideas around and really translate the implications of what these new and emerging technologies have on, um, on Fidelity. And do ultimately, um, for, for, for technologies that do end up, that you do end up seeing have a future in Fidelity, do they end up then residing or taking, going home into one of the units? Does it, is there a graduation process from the center to, to the business unit? Sure, absolutely. It, it, it doesn't, so there's lots of different ways that something can graduate, right? So uh, everything from, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a product being created or, or developed and then transitioning over into the business mm -hmm. um, all the way through to um, a, a business unit, you know, spinning up off on its own. But the other side of it also is, is um, you know, there could be things where we're doing the research and we find that there's nothing there, right? 
that's valuable also in sure. that information. A no is important. Yeah. A no is important, right? Just <laughs> as important, right? So, so, and having all of these different types of, uh, of, of information, right? Whether it's, it's a product or, or an idea or a concept transition into the business or, or impact the business in, in lots of different ways. Awesome. So Adam, pretend I'm, um, I'm a senior executive in, in another financial institution, maybe not a direct competitor to Fidelity. Um, <laughs> And uh, you know, I've been reading about the metaverse and its potential um, to for, for new payments experiences, investing experiences, banking experiences. Given what you found, would you would you encourage me to explore the metaverse at this point? So I think the first thing that I would say is that if you were to pull up your favorite search engine and Google the definition of the metaverse, right before you get a chance to scroll down a little bit. Um, you'll find at least four different definitions of what the metaverse is, right? That's so, a good point. What I'll is the metaverse? <laughs> with the caveat of, 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 of that, right? So what, what I would say, though, is that um, the, meta, the, the definition of the metaverse is evolving right now, mm-hmm. right? And this is something that, um, you know, th- so there's lots of different ideas, lots of things that are sort of bubbling up and, and falling down and, and, you know, swirling around. So what we like to what we like to do is, is try to be able to understand, you know, what are the things that have, like, what are the little pieces of things? What are the things that, that have that potential of sticking? What are those unique characteristics that seem to be evolving from the metaverse, mm-hmm. right? Or, or from the conversation around the metaverse that have the potential of, you know, having some staying power and, and lasting into the future, right? So, um, you know, I'll give you one uh, example. So uh, virtual reality is a way, right, of, of people connecting in, let's say, with the metaverse. It's not the only way, right? There's, there's you know, uh, there's a very broad definition of the metaverse where the metaverse is all around you, whether or not you're in, you know, a virtual reality, you know, environment or, you know, just sort of in your house, right? So, uh, or walking down the street, but we're two, we're um, two talking heads on a screen. I mean, that could be exactly the metaverse at, as well, exactly, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, right? So, um, virtual reality has a, a very unique characteristic of empathy transfer, and right, and mm. and the metaverse has this concept of, or one of the things that seems to be sticking is that it's there's going to be a lot of people involved, right? So like, you're not going to go into the metaverse necessarily alone, right? So this concept of, you know, potentially shared experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Of having an experience with a shared experience with, with people potentially around the world, right? So there's, there's all different, um, you know, different opportunities, right? That, that come along with something along those lines, right? And and you had mentioned payments and, and transacting and, you know, that's, down the line, right? Like if I'm having a shared experience or something along those lines, and I might want to purchase something or transact in some way, shape or form, um, then that is something that, um, you know, we'll want to, um, you know, look into and, and what are the, um, you know, and, and how is that going to happen, right? I might, you know, if I'm, if I have my virtual reality headset on, right, I'm not going to pull out a credit card and try to swipe it right on the side of the headset or something along those lines, right? So like, what does, what are the, what are the characteristics of if I wanted to transact in that space in, in uh, with, with some sort of currency, right? In, in some way, shape or form. Um, Another transaction, actually, because there's so many different people that, that are there are, are actually social transactions, right? And it's looking at how do we um, facilitate, secure, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff as well. That's very interesting. Um, I guess I want to ask that same question, maybe the, the, the inverse, like, 
What so, are some things that, that won't stick? What is, as, as you've experimented around, um, what do you think is not going to work in, in, in relation to financial services? That's, that's a hard question to answer. So that, that is peering a, a, a little bit into the future. And, and I, I don't know if I, I legitimately don't know if I can answer that. So, so, and, and it's not even necessarily for me to answer that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we're mo- most interested in, right, is um, what are the what are the things that have the potential of working, right? Whether or not we, you know, a probability of, of you know, over, you know, 1% or whatever it is. And what we try to be able to do is let's start building in these spaces, right? And start experimenting so that we understand what are those design principles for an interaction like this or, or a transaction like that, that we would want to be able to do in that sort of a space. And if it works, great. If it, if it happens, like if it comes to fruition, right? Mm-hmm. Great. We, we understand how we want to be able to interact with that world in that way. And if it doesn't, well, that's okay, right? You know, we, we, we built it, we understood what it was and, and what the potential was, and then we, you know, we'll, we'll put it aside. So I'll give an, an older example, right? Um, a long time ago, there was uh, uh, back uh, in that first, first, um, what's it called? A wearable watch, right? That, mm-hmm. that uh, was the Pebble watch. It was that first, you know, thing that, that people, you know, Kickstarter. that first smart, that. yeah, this, yeah. The Kickstarter, exactly. Yeah. That, that it was that form factor that went on, on people's wrists, right? Um, and we built experiments with that, right? Not because we thought the Pebble watch, the Kickstarter project was going to be that next big thing, right? It was more along the lines of, well, what if, this starts happening more and our customers, our associates start using a device like this, Mm. right? How would Fidelity show up and how would Fidelity, what would the interactions be like for Fidelity in that space? And um, we we did the projects and and then at the end, we sort of put it on the shelf, right? Uh, Until the Apple Watch came out and it became more mass market. And we were able to be first to market because we already did all of that research and we understood what those use, what those fidelity centric use cases were, what the design principles were around that form factor itself. And we were able to, to, to move relatively quickly. So I think that's more of how we like to think about, um, you know, what's going to work and what's not going to work. Try all of it. Right. We understand what those design principles are and what those use cases are. And um, you know, and if it does come to fruition, then we, we have that ability to move quickly. So, so what are the opportunities and I guess challenges to bring retail investing um, into the, into the metaverse? There's a lot. Um, so let's let like, e- even from the perspective of um, identity, right? So mm-hmm. whether you're online, right. And, and potentially even more so potentially in the, in, in the metaverse, right. Where um, how do we, how do you know, who the person even that you're transacting with, right? In certain cases, uh, you know, people go onto these sites in order to preserve their anonymity. And in certain mm-hmm. cases, it's great, right? Like th- th- there's there's just as many reasons in, in certain cases to be anonymous as there are to, to, to be identified as, as who you are, right? But mm-hmm. but in the in the case of a financial transaction, right? We we do want to know who you are, right? And and so trying to understand how how do we um, how do we think of even identity and securing those transactions um, from a, a you know from a, from a payments or, or a financial services uh, transaction perspective? 
And and is I mean is you feeling that'll be like biometrics or or I mean who knows right like there there could be a whole slew of different things that you could do um, you know and, and this is these are uh, these are things that we're actively uh, exploring right now I don't have the results yet but mm-hmm. uh, so I, I can't I can't necessarily necessarily share those but these are the types of experiences or the types of things that we're trying to figure out as to what. Um, what does it mean, right? If, if we were to be in, in this type of a space, what about the advice layer in uh, in the metaverse? Like, do you feel like that's a place people will go to consume? I guess that kind of like higher level learning and information towards investing. I, I just where's is there is there a place for the advice layer within the metaverse? Maybe that's a broader question. So, I'm gonna twisted a little bit more towards like um edu- like in order to be able to, to give advice right or or even to um make a decision right the whole point of advice is getting educated on something right is, mm-hmm. is to is to really truly understand so that you can make an informed decision about what you're doing the metaverse has i think a unique um opportunity right where some of the characteristics of the metaverse is uh, you know one of them being um you know especially in the, in the virtual reality sort of sense right this this really powerful uh, tool of of empathy transfer right and being able to better understand um other people or other um you know situations that are happening so um We've we've done a couple of, of experiences, right? Where um, actually there, there's two in, in particular that I'm thinking of. One is um, about student loans, right? So if you're thinking about taking student loans, what is the impact that it might have on the family and, and that sort of stuff? So we had actually created a, a 360 video, right? Where you are sitting at the table with a family where uh, wow. one of their uh, one of their children basically just got accepted to university and the family has a discussion basically in the kitchen around the table about the student loans and what the impact has and what their uncle's situation is and, and all that sort of stuff. But you're sitting at the table with them having that mm. discussion, right? That it, the, the, the learning that you get out of like understanding how those dynamics play out, right. Is, is, very impactful, totally different from the advice that you might get if you're walking into somebody's office to have a conversation about something, right? But this is, you're experiencing something that's giving you a different type of learning, right? And that is, um, and, and then again, in the metaverse, this could be something that you that you have by yourself. And then, then it can prompt a conversation or a more in-depth conversation, whether it's with an advisor or other individuals, right? In order to uh, it's like a, a, a super inf- like conversation starter, right? In order to get people into that deeper level of, of understanding. So creating these types of experiences mm. is, is just completely different. We did another one. Um, this was an older one, but, um, you know, again, something that could go into, you know, a metaverse type of a situation where we had, um, it was a retirement sort of calculator type of a, a thing where um, you enter in some of your information like you know, your age and, and uh, your salary and, and you know, your contributions to, to your retirement and things like that. And 
Then you go down onto this green line of fidelity, um, and you're following this machine or this puck that 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 goes down towards your retirement. And the actions that you take, so your, your age or the years go by every five years or something along those lines, and the puck will either move forwards or backwards, depending upon how you interact in that sort of life moment, right? These are experiences, right, that people are having that help them better understand the impact of, let's say, long-term decisions and things like that. So it's like you could tell a child that the stove is hot a thousand times, right? But the second they, you know, if someone touches it, right, then then they'll never do it again, right? Like, so how do we give people these experiences to help sort of accelerate that learning in order to be able to, um, in order to be able to, to make better decisions at the end of the day? So I really like those two examples, Adam. And I, I guess even by the fact that you're calling them experiences, you know, a lot of times when we talk about financial uh, services, we're talking about education, Um or learning or advice, but we don't talk a lot about experiences when it comes to long-term planning. Um, and, and that's really what I took away from those two examples. Like I can viscerally feel what it would be like to experience this life unfolding the way in different scenarios, right? And that's, a, and that's exactly, exactly what we're trying to be able to do and help people understand, right? Like you could tell someone something or you can have them experience it and feel it. Right. And that visceral sense is, is that the unique characteristic, right? Mm. That we're searching for for this technology, right? But like and and any other of these technologies, right? Like what are those unique things? And then sort of dive deeper into those things. So so given that experiential focus, do you think the nature of or the value proposition of financial services institution within the metaverse would be likely to evolve? So sorry, I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, I guess if we're moving from um, outcomes to experiences, call it, um, does does the role of a financial institution change, I guess, in the metaverse? I think the, I think we're still going towards outcomes, right? We're just taking a different path, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's all the, you know, um, you know, historically we'd have, let's say, you know, pay, we're using the mediums, right, that, that we have available to us, right? So if, if you're on a computer, right, and, um, you know, that is the, you know, and, and you're on, you know, a, a traditional web page, right, you could show someone a video or, or you can, uh, where, where someone is talking at you, or you can um, uh, have an article, right? Lots of people read news articles all the time, right? Or, or listen to podcasts. I hope they do. Or, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly, right? But, so, but the idea is that, you know, this is, you know, th- when video came out, when video was available to do this and people switched over to video to, to have this before that web 1.0, right? The early versions of the web, it was text, right? So mm-hmm. that was, so each one of these things, as the technology evolves, we change our ways of, of educating people and distributing content, right? This is one of those opportunities, whether or not it, it happens in the end or not, I don't know, right? But, but this is one of those opportunities where the technology is changing, right? And so how do we leverage that technology to educate people? And again, at the end of the day, in order to be able to make those, those best decisions for you know, their financial future and, and, and their families. Awesome. And in the remaining time that we have, um, I want to shift gears a little bit. Uh, it, sure. it, it, may, it may impact with the, the metaverse, but I want to hear sort of what you're thinking personally and institutionally around blockchain. Sure. So uh, uh, I guess if you can tell us the nature of, I guess, some of the, some of the you call them experiments that, that you've done um, and, and what some of the takeaways might have been. Yeah, so we... Um, 
We have been in the blockchain space and, and doing research on blockchain for uh, many years. I think uh, 2014 was was when we, we first started. Uh, 2014, 2015, like in that. Do you get like area. bragging rights with like your friends or your family? We're like, I was looking at that in 2014. I was all over that. You know? Yeah. So, so <laughs> with my family, yeah, it, it depends upon it depends upon the social group. Uh, <laughs> a, a lot of the times, I get a lot of glassy eyes um, okay. when I start talking about the you know what I think are the really super cool things that I get to do. Um, so, so again, I think at the at the end of the day, a lot of the experiments that we have, a lot of the stuff that we've done over the course of uh, of, of from a blockchain perspective, is like, all right, this is this is a new tool, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a new tool that we can put in our toolbox. Um, what does it do? What is it good for? Um, how does it even work, right? So uh, early on, um, Fidelity got into, uh, or, or FCAT got into mining, like Bitcoin mining. And, mm-hmm. and the reason like we got into Bitcoin mining was purely to better understand what does it, what does this whole thing do? What does even mining do, right? Like why, why, why do miners even exist, right? And that that whole concept of just understanding those fundamentals of Oh, mining is you know recording transactions and securing mm-hmm. the network, right? And and understanding the details around that, and then trying to understand, all right, well, what are the business cases, right? Where you know really a blockchain makes sense versus you know just the database, right, or, or something along those lines. And a lot of the experiments that we had done over the course of you know in the earlier days or something along those lines were around. Um, you know, what is this and, and really, truly understanding those um, those unique characteristics of it. Also trying to understand how do people use it, not just from a corporate perspective, right, but um, from the average, you know, person, how do they interact with this stuff? And what are the mental models that we have to build mm-hmm. in order to help people better understand this these private keys right that are you know super long that are completely nonsensical from uh you know how do people grasp that and the concept of well yes i'm i if i have this thing this is the this and i know where all my stuff is is. this is my signature that allows me to do anything with it and if i lose that there's no 1-800 number to call right so like how do we start adding, you know, in certain cases, add the layers of abstraction in other cases, um, you know, enable folks to, to be able and, and, and institutions, right. To, to um, interact in these spaces. And we've done all sorts of experiments in this space, everything from, um, you know, do, doing analysis on, um, uh, you know, the, the mining and, and wallets and, and transactions and all that sort of stuff all the way through to, um, you know, what, like understanding what all these different blockchains even do, right? So, uh, you know, a lot of people have heard of, let's say, Bitcoin or, or Ethereum, but do they, you know, even from an Ethereum perspective, do people really understand how it works and what are the what are the capabilities that it brings to the table for different institutions to even interact with each other, right? So if you have two institutions, right, two completely different institutions, you know, the the traditional way would be, and they needed to be able to talk with each other, the traditional way would be, well, I'm just going to have an API, right? And I'm going to bust through like a whole bunch of different firewalls and try to be able to make those connections, right? Or um, if we both have um, experience, you know, and understanding how to work with blockchain, right? Mm -hmm public or private, right, then you have that ability to work together in ways that 
might be faster or easier than 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 we've done in the past with with the added benefits of of um, you know having stuff you know out there. So I see that um, in our conversation, you haven't necessarily said this is a good technology. We're excited about this, or this one we're we're, we're a little bit scourged, which is fine. So I'm kind of curious, maybe to ask a meta question, which sure. is in your role and as in, in the center. How have you seen technology evolve? How, how has your role and your job changed over the past few years? So one of the things, yeah, that's a, that's a huge question, right? So like one of the things that I find particularly special about the role that I have is that, and people ask me all the time, right? Like, okay, I'm in, I'm in, um, you know, augmented virtual reality. I have a, you know, groups that are working with quantum computing. I have groups that are working with blockchain, and and you know, like, it's. Um, the, the, then they'll ask me something along the okay, what's the next big thing? Right, they right? want like, to know. The next, right, yeah. Yeah, what's the next? Tell us big the secret. Thing yeah, yeah. What's the secret? And and what I tell people is like, first of all, that's not enough, right? Like, the, you know, the, that's a pretty wide, you know, array from a technology perspective. However, what, what I find special about the role that I have is the view across all, like all of them, right? It's not each one of these different technologies in a silo, right? There's tons of innovations that's going to happen in those individual silos where the real magic happens is in the white space between those silos mm-hmm. and starting to connect these different types of things together. So if you think about like, again, the let's say virtual reality or something along those lines. And you think of something like blockchain where you've got a massive amount of data and information that we've never had before, right? Um, And well, I now have the ability to visualize data in completely different ways, right? And I have all of this data. Can I combine these two types of things together in order to be able to create something, you know, completely different, right? And it's, it's, that constant mixing and matching, right? And and finding how these, not just how the different bits and pieces interact with each other, right? But how they interact together, mm-hmm. right? And those are some of the things that um, I find the most exciting. And, and that has, um, you know, I, I, I would say over the course of the years, right? We have to get smart in each one of these different things. And in order to be able to really truly understand how they interact, we have to be really smart in each one of them. Right. So now, as we have lots and lots and lots of experience in these different ones, we're starting to see more and more opportunities for that cross, um, you know, innovation between them. Adam, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet podcast today. Thanks very much. It was a pleasure.